The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey, listen. Every time I sync, they're the weakest claps in my life. <laughs> I've always wondered if our sync process is at odds with your gelatinous fingers. With okay, a little bit. Yeah. Like I can normally get a pretty solid clap going. Yeah. Um, yet for some reason, every time we do it, it's like I don't even know what the motion is like. <laughs> like your brain forgets it? Is it like well, that? It's just like uh, it's just like hand meet hand fast. <laughs> Have you, uh, did you watch everything everywhere all at once? I did. I thought of you when they got to the hot dog fingers. Because uh, I have hot dog fingers. I mean, that's, that's your own confession. <laughs> I'm, I'm not making that up. <laughs> I just, I thought yeah. of you. I've got fucking hot dog fingers. <laughs> <laughs> the audience might not be aware of this because it's a bit that dates back for a bit. But uh, yeah, you have like, your, is it that you're double jointed? Is that what it is? So I actually have a formal diagnosis now. Oh. Um, I have Ehlers-Danlos, which oh, means. You do. Yeah. So okay. all of my joints tend to like hyperextend or super flexible, meaning wow. I've got these gross little fingertips uh, <laughs> that can bend all the way back. Um, and if you think your fingertips can bend back, my bed back further than that. Um, you're somehow feel third, like nothing. That, that's amazing. Uh, you're somehow the third person I know that has that uh, condition. So uh, uh, it was a mutual friend that helped me diagnose myself uh, I until I she yeah. gave me the idea, and then I went to the doctor, and they're like, "Oh, you definitely have Ehlers Danlos." Oh wow. Um, because wow. uh, I met with like a geneticist and they were like, oh, yeah, this is a classic case because uh, it's the rest of my body, but my hands especially. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. But mostly the hands, you mean? Like, so it's mostly not as, the hands. OK. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You know, all right. So, you know, maybe it'll end up being an asset in that way then. Right. Like, isn't didn't you say there's like things you can do that other people can't do with your hands? Mostly just like wrong? bend them weird. I also fall a lot. OK. Um. Uh, and that I just try and make part of my charm. Yeah. So my ankles buckle from underneath me like all the time. Um, oh, wow. Like it used to be more of a thing in childhood. And now uh, I'll just be standing around and then they just buckle. And um, I'm going to use this to garner my way into a meat cute. You will absolutely have a meet cute with that. That just feels or like I just, I just collapse in front of someone. Yeah. A destiny has been written. 
uh, exactly. you know what I mean? Like you're just, now you're just following the path until finally it intersects with the right person. Yeah. Or yeah. I just fall and then people in Los Angeles are people in Los Angeles and then they just step over me. <laughs> That's true. Nobody wants to get involved with anybody who's had a physical accident. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like they just don't want to deal with it, which is one of those, like, I don't know. This is like the, I guess my Midwestern ancestry is like screaming at this. It's like, help a person up, you monsters. (laughs) Like, just like help them up. What are you doing? Uh, I've literally seen that. I've literally seen people spill and then watch people walk around them like you, like they, like they were seeing an alien or something. And it was like, Whoa. I'm Central American and my fam, my ancestors would beat the shit out of me if I didn't do anything. Right. Right. Well, uh, we've <laughs> we really got to the bottom of several, I guess, <laughs> somewhat distressing facts. Uh, but welcome, all of you longtime listeners to another episode of One Upsmanship. Uh, I am your your permanent co-host, Adam Ganser. Uh, as I said, our friend Michael Swaim is uh, is out this week. So joining us, a longtime collaborator and friend and a great video game mind, my special co-host, Vanessa Guerrero. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, it's me. I love being here. And I love it when you show up. Love it so much that I'm willing to record this podcast twice. <laughs> We've already done this show before, except right. the last time I was being harassed by a cat the entire time. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of worried about that. I feel like that cat was really a special thing. And I'm like, man, are we going to have that without she Kyle? She had a lot of flavor text. Yeah. Yeah. Your cat's name again, because I don't want to. Uh, what is it again? It's Kyle. right? Her name is Kyle. <laughs> uh, she looks perpetually damp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's got these crazy looking eyes that every vet I see is like, uh, did that just recently happen? And I'm like, no, she's always been like that. And I'm, they're like, cool. If it recently happened, it's like indicative of like a brain melting seizure. And I'm like, no, her eyes are always just like vibrating and kind of fucked up. What a wonderful just duo that you you have with Kyle over there. You know, like just what a neat. Uh, situate because that's not your only cat, right? Don't you have two cats? Am I mistaken? Yeah, I've got two other cats. Oh, uh, two other Kyle, cats. Oh, yeah, I've got two other cats. They live in the living room. Kyle lives in the bedroom. She gets an entire room to herself. Sure, because she hates every animal that isn't a human. <laughs> okay, <laughs> she has so much hate in her heart. Kyle is uh, a prime hater. A hateful cat. She's a hateful cat. If yeah. you're not a human, yeah. Um, she'll hiss and spit and try to fight you, even sure. though she's pure bones. She's all bone. If you touch her, she's just fur and bone. Um, she yeah. kind of looks like, like, you know, in that era of filmmaking, when like everything was a critter's ripoff, she looks like she yes. could be one of those things. <laughs> yes, I do. I do know that era of filmmaking. Um, I love this. Uh, we'll miss you, uh, Kyle, RIP for this episode, but yeah, Kyle, here's Jermaine to our conversation because we are covering the indie darling Stray from 2022, the PlayStation exclusive. Uh, it was up for game of the year for a lot of people. It was a huge hit. And uh, let's snap right into format and pass our first checkpoint, uh, which means it's time to tell the audience like their 8-bit uh, what this game is. Vanessa, you feel up for it? I'm ready. Go for it, my friend. All right. So when I tell you that this game is you as a cat, this is you as a cat. This isn't you as a talking cat. This isn't you as a magical cat. This isn't you as like some anthropomorphic creature that's like technically a cat and looks like a cat, but isn't a cat in the style of Rocket Raccoon. You're just a straight up fucking cat. Uh, And you start the game doing straight up cat stuff. Like I'm talking bapping around things, bapping around other cats, nuzzling. Um, You're just a straight up cat. Uh, and in this universe, you also happen to be a straight up cat, uh, that falls into what is essentially the robotics version. It's like the Fry's electronics version of the Kowloon wall city yep. in which humans no longer exist. And it's all just like robots. And you've got a companion who's uploaded his entire psyche into a robot. Um, and there are these stupid little ticks called the Zerks that run around that are terrifying. Yep. Uh, And uh, you're supposed to put back the memories of this robot to figure out what the hell is going on. And uh, eventually you get rid of all these Zerks and get to join all your little cat friends that you've been separated from. Because while there's so much like world in this, the main point is that you're a cat that's just trying to get back to do cat stuff. (sighs) 
you did you said it perfectly uh that's how they pitched it and they actually definitely accomplished it you're a cat that's what this game is and hopefully you want that because uh that's what you're gonna get if you play this game uh well done uh i feel i feel like i'm already kind of uh leaning into the next segment so i'm gonna pass our next checkpoint and go right into uh the gamer rants uh do you mind if i lead off is that okay Go for it. Okay, great. Um, Stray is fine. It's fine. It's a fine game. And by fine, I mean it's got a lot of charm to it. Um, it's definitely fun to play for a while. Uh, it's I played for about five hours and was finished with it at five hours, which I think in this day and age means it should cost about what two movies cost. And it does. So I have no complaints about that. Um, it was expensive for an indie game, but it was a well-designed indie game. It was certainly gorgeous to look at. It was certainly a colorful, fun environment. Um, I think that the designers made a key philosophical choice that is one that as a gamer I don't love, but as a consumer of uh, video games and like a general sort of uh, just sort of aware of the difficulty and accessibility issues that some gamers have, I think it was probably the right choice. And that choice was they decided the cat is basically on rails. Uh, you're not really doing a lot of calculated platforming here. This is a game where you kind of push the button, the cat does the thing and it feels automatic. Um, that was a decision they made early in design and sort of, I think, uh, fundamentally shapes what this game ultimately is, which is um, a slightly gamified story. Right. Like it's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of exploration or discovery here. Um, there's just very curated uh, branching narrative experience with a little bit of a couple of sequential open areas uh, with not a lot of extra stuff to do. That's not a complaint. That's just a statement of fact. For me, that was a little bit unengaging. Uh, I didn't I I'm starting to get more and more interested in games that uh Kind of don't tell me what to do, but also uh, allow me to indulge my curiosity. And weirdly, this game has very little curiosity, I would say. Um, The cat is fantastic. The cat has a lot of personality. The cat is super well rendered. Playing as a cat uh, is rewarding in the sense that uh, the cat does everything you want a cat to do. Right. All the gamified pieces are exactly what I want a cat to do. Knocking stuff off the shelf, uh, scratching things constantly, rubbing up against things constantly. Incredible at jumping. All the things you want a cat to do. They designed it perfectly in that respect. Um, The last point that I'll make before I turn it over to my illustrious colleague is ultimately I didn't love the robots. And the reason for that is that they don't actually have. The thing they don't have the human quality that makes me care about them as characters. They ultimately, more than a lot of other games, feel like NPCs sort of delivering lines without a lot of personality. I think part of it is they don't really have a face. Um, I think also part of it is that they just there's not a lot of uh, varied perspective here. The robots kind of all have one tone, even though like there's one or two that are a little bit more adventurous or playful or whatever. But the robots kind of have a tone and you're sort of navigating through a deeply uncurious uh, robot society that's happy to live in the doldrums of a sealed off existence. And I think that's strange if they're actually artificially intelligent, which they are. So, like, I guess ultimately it sort of quashed my curiosity, even though aesthetically it should have been rad. I should have been really into it. I like cyberpunk aesthetic. I like the Spike Jones thing they're doing with the way the robots are designed and feel. But I still didn't care. Like, I'm just missing that. It didn't quite cross that threshold, which ultimately made the game fine. And that is my rant. You could have taken the words right out of my mouth because mm. my primary rant is while I love this cat, this is a cat on rails. Yep. Um, not having that dedicated button for jumping, not having that aspect that makes us feel like platforming or like some real Dark Souls shit. Um, I'm not asking for Dark Souls, but uh, <laughs> something that literally like lets me put together the connective tissue of like what makes a cat a cat. Um it feels like there's a hand that's guiding me a little bit more than I want to be guided. If I'm given the promise of being a cat that can explore this like 
gorgeous world that they painstakingly created and added a lot of like texture to. Um, Additionally, by giving us a companion that's like putting their memories together, I feel like because the cat is a straight up cat, you're not really having a lot of these like interactions that you wouldn't otherwise in a game that might be like adding some flavor text to it in which maybe I'd prefer it to be a little bit lonelier. Maybe I'd prefer it to be a universe in which you're just a straight up cat picking up the pieces for itself as opposed to like having some of these communications. I don't know. Maybe it's because it lives in this world where it's either like I either want more or I want less, but it lives in a place that feels like it's just not risky. Um, I really enjoyed this game, but the thing about Stray is that once you play it through one time, there really isn't any more game to that, mm-hmm. um, which for an indie game, I don't terribly mind, but for an entire world that feels like there's a lot for me to explore, I want to go back to that. Um, and Stray is very much like, it's, by the end of it, I was very happy that I played it, but I had no urge to to do it again, um, especially for how short it was. Um, and I, I think my other criticism, which is something I have a criticism of like a lot of Annapurna games, mm. is I wish it was longer. Um, I feel like Annapurna games tend to run a little bit short for me, and that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means that I want more of it. They just tend to end rather abruptly when I'm like really immersed in the story already. That's interesting. That's really interesting. I'm interrupting your rant. rant. Oh, thank you. Okay, great. Uh, An excellent rant. I do want to talk a little bit about Annapurna uh, as a, as a publishing studio. Cause man, they got a lot of dingers. You know what I mean? Like the, the, they have yeah. a high batting average. So and that's kind of exciting. Um, but I want to do that on the other side of the break. So let's balance ourselves carefully and leap across these ads with the utmost confidence that if we just press X, we'll be just fine. Meow. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Meow, indeed. We are back. Uh, so I actually got the trophy for meowing a bunch. Oh, did you? Did so? Did the meowing ever unlock anything interesting for you? 
If you meow over a hundred times, you get a trophy. <laughs> so you were really, really focused on that. You really spent some time on it. Like, yeah, yeah uh, that's funny. I was uh, streaming the first few hours, and mm. uh, I, I really just kept hitting that button. Yeah, uh, as much as I could, and then I eventually got a trophy out of it. Um, I get a lot of stupid trophies. <laughs> Uh, and I can't remember. I think there might've been an interaction with a robot in which meowing was like the correct thing to do. Probably. Which is cool. Yeah, probably. Yeah. They, they, they're certainly, they certainly designed a bunch of the fundamental experiences to use all the tools creatively. Like they, like they've, they definitely cleared the bar of being creative with how they execute the cat stuff. Yeah. Right. Like that's, definitely. that's, that's the bar for a game to be like fundamentally interesting. Uh, and I'm sure you and I will end up talking about this at some point. I would say that's the bar that Forspoken, for instance, didn't clear, you know, like. Uh, yeah. And, and so in that regard, like everything that I say that's negative about Stray, you can't say that it's not creative. It is absolutely creative. And there's fun. There's fun ideas in it. Uh, and it's so unlike most things you've played. Yeah, it really is. It really is unlike most things you played. And I think that's its strength and weakness. Uh, just because I'm a formalist, I'm going to go ahead and pass a checkpoint and uh, get us right into game on. Uh, so here it is. Interruptions are tolerated. Opinions are all welcome. And uh, let me just ask you a fundamental question. Um, would this have been on your game of the year list last year, Vanessa? No, but that's because I played Psychonauts 2. Last year you did. Yes. Okay. Oh, so you So are you saying the Psychonauts 2 just replaced it? Like is that what you're saying? Just take the uh, slot. Like that was just that was my game of the year. I see. I got you. So but if you had like a top 5 list, would it have been on there? Mm, honestly, for its pure purely for its uniqueness, it would have been. Okay. All right. So Mike and I were having a debate about it because we, we do a game of the year episode every year where we kind of make a top five list and neither of us liked it enough uh, in, as a game experience to include it. Uh, that's how that's where we both lined up on it. And I but I still kind of feel like uh, I'm surprised that we both felt that way because the, the whole package of it is a little bit better than the sum of its parts. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think I would have put it on my list because it's something that I don't know if we know it yet, but I think we're eventually going to see the effects of the influence of this game um, yeah. because it took so many new directions that we haven't really seen before. Um, and it gave us a story that was specifically driven by like a non-humanoid thing and like even when you're a monster, you're still like something humanoid, even when you're like a fucking dinosaur or something or uh, some kind of creature or ooze, you're still something humanoid no matter what you're playing in a game. And uh, I I feel like this opened the door to put the potential of like playing a lamp. I don't right, know. Right. Um, it, that, <laughs> like it, that is the idea here. That is the exciting thing is like maybe you don't need a humanoid character to be your pilot, to be your avatar. Right? That's the idea here. Yeah, exactly. And uh, do you, so do you you think they succeeded at that? I think they succeeded at showing that it is entirely possible and that it could be like even fun and rewarding. Um and I think we're going to start seeing the effect of that in gaming at some point. Like mm -hmm. not even in like you know, like across AAA games, but you'll see more indie games that start taking that into account because uh, Stray was so goddamn popular and the package that came in was so, that it came in was so interesting that I, I'm, I'm positive that we're going to see games that have been influenced by this. Well, so they did kind of, they did kind of like skirt the issue a little bit with this game. And I think people, I think that needs to be acknowledged. Like, it's very clear. I think early drafts of this game, you know, you were going to just be a cat and like, they were going to make the game harder. Like there's going to be platforming and challenges and stuff. And they came up against sort of people's actual expectations for playing uh, with a cat, which is not the same as you would think. One of those things is the cat has to basically make jumps automatically. You know, like we don't want to play a Mario game version of a cat. Where like it's Which actually is what hard. I wanted. That's what I thought I wanted too. But I do kind of trust the developers in that they tried that idea and clearly people were disappointed. Now that doesn't mean that I think the game would have been 
that the game is better because they moved away from it. I think I still would have liked that other game better, but I know that, you know, they got to take into account like who they're selling this to. And I would, I I don't think I'm the right person for that. (coughs) But the other big change, and it's germane to what you just said is they added a robot who's a personality. That's sort of the avatar of the humanity for this cat. And the cat seems to, if nothing else, understand the robot like when it talks to it. Right. Like the cat. Yeah. The cat, so the cat's not just a cat in that respect. They did kind of pivot away from it a little bit in a meaningful way. Right. He's a smart cat. Right. The cat's the cat is at least smart enough to understand speech and respond to it. Right. Yes. So like, and here's why that matters. So like, I'm, I was trying to think, I was racking my brain for like another game where you're an animal that acts like an animal. And the best I could come up with was untitled goose game. Um, oh my God. I loved that. It's game. a great game, but I think part of what makes it work is that there's not really a lot of story to it. It's just sort of a lot of fun game challenges and it stayed really, really true to the premise and it's your own human deviousness that makes it fun. Yeah. You know, whereas I think with this game, there's not enough deviousness with what the cat is allowed to do because they wanted to tell a story. And so it became really hard to tell a story if you're just a cat. So suddenly you have to have a robot companion that's, you know, having interactions and stuff. And the cat is apparently a willing, sentient pilot, you know, uh, so, I mean, I don't I know. wanted to be a little bit more of an agent of chaos. Exactly. That's kind of like, I actually feel like I might've wanted the stray, the version of stray that was untitled goose game, which is like cat needs to get to this other area. And the whole game is a series of challenges that happen to create chaos for other people like cats do. And that's it. That's the game, right? Like that seems more appealing to me personally. Cause I think it's funnier, but I know that I'm up against the entire internet when I say something like that, because this is clearly <laughs> right. This is targeted to it's a meme. This whole thing is a meme, right? Like that's what I mean, it's definitely targeted to people like me that'll play it because it's a cat. I think that's fundamentally that's that's always been the sales pitch and also fundamentally who it's designed for. Right. Well, there's so much love that goes into like the cat like elements of the game. Absolutely. Like, while I wish it was more platformy, like all of the motions, everything you can do as one, um, like the animations, the the scenes that it chooses to show you, it very much is like made by cat people for cat people. Totally. And if you're on the internet, you're at least fifty percent a cat person. <laughs> I think it's cat or no cat. I think it's tilted a lot further than that. <laughs> I think I think the internet has basically swallowed dogs entirely, and now it's only cats. Uh, it's I mean it's definitely like, and I use this word not pejoratively, like this is a meme idea. Everything about it has a meme idea vibe to it, including the way the robots are and the sort of world that they're in. Right, like it's a bunch yeah. of shut-ins who never want to go outside, deciding to finally go outside. You know what I mean? Like this is very much an internet pitch. Uh, is that, I mean, is that too sarcastic to summarize it that way? I don't think it no, is. I'm a, sar- I'm a cat, shut in cat lady. So of course this was extremely my jam. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with targeting that way. I just like, I have the same problem with it that I generally have with a game like tunic. Did you play tunic last year? I did not. Okay. How'd you like tunic? I hated tunic. <laughs> um, I viscerally hated tunic because tunic struck me as entirely about algorithmically creating a series of experiences that were designed to perform well. Like it's like one third Dark Souls, one third a certain PlayStation esque graphics, you know, uh, aesthetic, and then the rest of it's Zelda, and that's that's the game. Like it's with anthropomorphic animals. And I, to me, I'm like, no, I want every, I want every indie game to try stuff because that's why I play indie games. I don't want yeah. knockoff AAA games. Cause I, what do I need that for? You know? Exactly. I want indie games. Any indie, indie games are was, is where my innovation comes from. Right. It's where I go to play things that I wouldn't otherwise play. Like, um, I've in the previous episode, I've compared this to another previous episode. Yeah. 
um, which was an indie game that I really loved, which was Gone Home, yep. um, which is something in which you never interact with another character, but there's so much story and so much life to that world. Um, I would never find an experience like Gone Home in a AAA game because a AAA game has too much money and too much time going into it to want to take the risk of giving me nothing, uh, <laughs> of giving me no NPCs and no other characters in a game and saying that as an audience member, it respects me enough to know that I can find the story there. Right. I mean, uh, yeah, you can't, I think, I think, uh, you, you can't obviously have that in a triple a platform. You also can't have it in a console exclusive. I think that's the other problem, right? Is that a console exclusive has to be a safe bet, uh, because yeah. they, it needs to move consoles. It needs to be, uh, broad enough that people want to buy consoles for it. And I think that's another trap that stray fell into. Uh, that's like, well, it needs to be safe enough that uh, it sells PlayStation 5s, which it did. And, uh, you know, more power to it. But that means it's probably not going to be in Outer Wilds, which, by the way, exactly. We didn't talk about Outer Wilds uh, last time, I don't think. But if you're looking for the longer Annapurna uh, game, that's the one that you want. Ooh, I haven't played it yet, but you are not the, my co-host for my uh, new podcast has been begging me to play Outer Wilds. It's about 30 hours. So like there's that it, and it's um, I mean, it's it's got some control issues. Uh, longtime listeners will know we did a podcast on it last year, um, but it is an exquisite game for innovation and creativity and narrative. Uh, so, you know, that's that's something to be said for it. Uh, would it would it delight you to know that this game was uh, based entirely on uh, I think it was a couple and one of, it was two people, and I think they're a couple. They're two cats. Like the whole game was designed around the two cats that they are their cats, right? First of all, uh, I would love to see that in some kind of post credits a la Jackie Chan movie yeah. of where I just get to see the two cats that it's based on. Second of all, they are some real sick fucks because the cat can die in the game. Yeah, and at dude. one point I was playing the game and I was like, I wonder why I can't customize the cat to look like my cat. Yeah, and then dude. it died and I was like, oh, because it would be traumatic for me. Yeah, that was probably. Yeah, they were probably smart and not letting you have not letting you personalize it too much. Their cats names were Merton Riggs. Uh, oh, those are such good names for cats. It's pretty cute. Uh, it's pretty cute. Apparently, also the studio had some cats that they used for motion, uh, motion capture, and like one of them was a hairless cat, which you know was specifically for like figuring out what the cat's body does, which is cool. Uh, and like everybody who worked on this game has cats, owns cats, loves cats. Like so, I say that because like that kind of softens the cynical part of me. That's like this is a cash grab. Just package it around memes. No, they love cats, and I think that does kind of come through uh, when you're playing it. Like it's not, it's not just algorithmically designed. This is a love letter to you know cat owners. To cat, yeah, it's a love letter to cat. Absolutely. Um, I'm so glad that you mentioned the Zerks, by the way. Uh, which are essentially apparently they are bacteria effect that never penetrated my skull, but they're basically they look like a Metroid villain. Yes. Yes. Uh, good move, by the way. That's probably the most sci fi thing they have in this game of these weird uh, Metroid looking bacteria that swarm in a terrifying way uh, and kill your cat. And also, you know, all of civilization when unlocked, uh, the game actually really picked up once the Zerks showed up, I thought. It taught me like a fundamental truth again about narrative, which is without tension, like a threat, it's actually not that fun to play this game. The Zerks made it more fun, I thought. And so uh, even though I hated them and hated having my cat die, it was like, oh, yeah, but lo but having something that can make me lose made this game better. Uh, do you disagree? Yes, it added the stakes that it needed. And those were tense. Those were very really tense, tense moments anytime you run from a anytime you run from a Zerk. Um, which, uh, gross. Um, the <laughs> first time it happened, I, uh, absolutely lost my shit that you could, your cat could die in such a gruesome manner. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. they're such a gross little video game beastie, but they added a level of tension that was really needed because, uh, you get so 
wrapped up in the warm fuzzy. Oh, I'm a cat. Look at me and do little cat things uh, that uh, you forget that there are stakes to this game and your cat is not immortal and it doesn't have an actual set of nine lives uh, and it is uh, perishable. Right. And like the the Zerks are in a way a sort of difficulty spike, too, because like they're fucking fast. Like they're, they're fast. fast, they're fast and they are numerous. Yeah. yeah. So like, and I, you know, nobody's, I, I got this game when it came out. So like, it, you know, people didn't say anything about that because had, there hadn't been enough time for spoilers. It was a fucking crazy upsetting moment when the first time you get swarmed by Zerks, you know, and like, oh yeah, uh, that was a nice moment for the designers. Like I, I appreciated that for them. Well done. Also, like, I think people could be stealing that Zerk concept more in video games uh, cause it's a pretty good one, quite honestly. Like, Oh yeah, definitely. So like evolved sci-fi rust bacteria creature is pretty chill. Um, especially the free running aspects of it. Yeah. Well, and like the, the, the inhuman speed of it, right? Like they're kind of, they're yeah. in that sort of long line of the half-life slash, uh, halo, the flood villain. Like they're in that, they're in that trajectory somewhere, but they're definitely an improvement. So like, you know, maybe, maybe designers might steal that. Um, how'd you feel about the robot story? Did you connect to it? Did you care? I didn't have that much connection to the robot story, but I really enjoyed like a lot of the side quests didn't feel that fruitless for me. Okay. Like I really liked the, um, sheets of music to the music robot. Okay, side yeah, quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Um, but the actual overall robot story, I think I brought this up in the last one, but um, there's this poem I really love by Ray Bradbury called There Will Come Soft Rains, which is about how when humanity eventually kills itself with nuclear warfare, the only thing left will just be animals and technology and neither one will give a shit that we ever existed. Um, and I kind of felt like that where I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like I wish there more, there were more relics of humanity mm-hmm. to make me miss humanity. Like I've played other games where it has that dystopian aspect where you find pieces of like humans used to be here. And I feel like the robot world was so lived in that I like, I didn't feel that sense of like, Oh, all humans are lost. Right. Like I think part of what makes cyberpunk as a genre work is the idea that we're losing humanity, but it's still there. Like, yeah, that you could see it at the edges amongst everything. Right. And the fact that like, Oh God, we can't lose that. Like that's, that's the tension. This game moved past that to like, no, it's already over. And uh, I, maybe because we're all narcissists, I don't know, but it just made it really hard to connect to it. It's like, well, if it's over and these aren't people, uh, I, you know, I just don't really care that much. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. And I'd like to think that uh, I'd like to think that there's a designer out there with like, I guess, endless resources or whatever that could make this game. Like, like if you could do this a hundred times with every de- like design studio, I want to say somebody could figure out how to make an emotional story out of these parts that really worked for me. Uh, but I'm not sure. Like they might actually just not be uh, human enough to, for me to care. Right. Like, do you feel like if Naughty Dog yeah. did this, you'd be into it. Is that possible? Oh, if Naughty Dog did this, I'd be so into it. I feel okay. like if Naughty Dog did this, Naughty Dog is also really good at telling human stories though. Right. Naughty Dog uh, understands humanity really well. And I feel like this game understands cats and robots really well, but it doesn't really get to the point of like, why do, Why are we mourning humanity? Why do we mourn that this person uploaded their consciousness and they're not here anymore? Um, and I didn't really get that sense of like, oh, I... I, I'm in grief over this thing that used to be here, even though right. it was so long ago. Cause like in the last of us, humanity was so long ago um, that most people have forgotten it, but you still have these little echoes of it. Of course. Like the, like the plants blooming from the ruins. I mean, that's what's so great about the, the landscape tells you a, a part of the human story. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, in this in this game, they wanted more like the 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 narrative was driven around piecing together what happened, not not emotionally experiencing what happened. You know, like, yes. like and that's I, I mean, that's the mistake, you know, like it's always got to be about emotionally experiencing it. Like, who cares what made the guy become a robot? Who cares? Why? Why should I care? It's all like that's all stuff that we made up. I care about like, what does the robot feel when it discovers it used to be a human being and isn't. And we really didn't get that. Exactly. 
No, it, we moved past, we moved past those moments a little bit quick for my liking, which, yeah. um, I think even made the ending as, as much as I like the ending, um, not resonate with me as hard because it's like, well, I'm happy the cat's back to doing cat stuff, but like, I don't really care about the world that it's leaving behind. Um, Interesting. Like, I mean, I love the world. I love the world that I was playing in Agreed. it, but I don't really, there's, there's no stakes for me there. You know what's interesting? I kind of feel like there was a land before time version of this game too, that they didn't do where you're constantly, yeah, where you're constantly like reconnecting to that cat crew that you lost. And that's the emotional driving thing is like just trying to get back to the cats. Great for me. Right. If there's a, if it was, Oh my gosh, if it was a world in which I was a cat and I missed other cats and I kept trying to get back to the cats, um, which is what this is, but I like, but if that was that. the emotional core, yeah. if that was the emotional core of this, if the emotional core was, I'm just a lonely cat trying to be with other cats, I would have played the shit out of yeah. that. Right. I mean, like, and it's easy to kind of second guess things, right? It's easy to, to write. Oh, it's so easy. It's easy <laughs> to, to be write. an armchair developer. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I do want to acknowledge they worked for like seven years on this game. They started in 2015. This is a labor of love. And like, I want everyone, like if anybody who's part of this game, hears this podcast somehow, it's beautiful. It really is. It's a beautiful game. And like so many things better. Excellent. Um, I still think though the the best version of it emotionally is either reconnecting to those cats or finding humans again. Like one of those two trajectories would have been yeah more interesting than what we got. Because I don't, I just don't, I just think like as much as people like robots because they're cool, I feel like they like them in this like Fallout spreadsheet way where it's like a cool idea but not an emotionally engaging idea. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. Um, how, how cyberpunky are you in general? Is that your vibe or are you like, eh, about it? I'm sitting in pink neon lights as we speak. <laughs> I'm, I'm massaging the metal arm. I'm going to replace my limbs with, uh, if I could be mostly metal, um, I've already at, attached a personality to my Roomba that isn't there. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, that is an answer. I got to say one thing I like about this game that as an entry in cyberpunk, it's one of the sweetest tones I've ever seen in that context. It's so lovely. Yeah, Like you never see that in cyberpunk. Cyberpunk has kind of a grimy vibe perfectly encaptured by, you know, Blade Runner and also the game cyberpunk. This game is not grimy at all. Like, no, there's nothing grimy about it. It's actually very sincere. It's very sleek. Yeah. And that's kind of cool. You never see that, right? There's an earnestness to yes. it. And uh, this game, I wish I wish the heart on its sleeve existed more in the cat part of yeah. it, but it definitely has a heart on its sleeve. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I mean, I think that. The cat is very winsome. Like, I don't want to skip over that. Like, playing as the cat, watching the cat do things that, you know, like, all cats do. Being able to make the cat do things that all cats do in a funny way is very endearing. Like, there is a heart connection to it. But ultimately, uh, there's there's an amount that you need to be able to control your avatar for you to feel like you are that person. And I, I don't think they quite gave you enough. No, I don't like it doesn't feel like an accomplishment to finish this game. I think that's the that's the metric, right? Like, it's it, do you feel like you accomplish anything at the end? It feels like I got to the end of the story. It doesn't feel like I accomplished something. Yeah. yeah and like uh, there are some games where that's enough, right? Like, again, Telltale or, you know, any of those like sort of story based uh, quick time event games are basically, you know, a curated movie. Uh, and like I would call those great games or, you know, uh I don't like this game, but like a Pokemon snap, that's a perfectly acceptable game because it's not trying to tell a story, you know, but I think once you introduce a narrative and there's emotional expectations there and and you got to meet them um, and they did not quite Uh, any other observations you want to share about this game. Um, I really appreciate the world building that it takes time Mm -hmm. to, to create, Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think it's definitely one of the most unique worlds that I've ever played. And, uh, I, I, I think there's so much little bits of attention to detail in it. Um, again, just missing those traces of humanity. 
Um, but like I have criticisms of the game, but I have criticisms of the game because I am so intrigued by it. And there's so many elements of it that I did enjoy, um, that I just wanted more of it. And I know it was like on a lot of people's game of the year. And I think there's a reason people have been so passionate about this game. And that's when you get a slew of AAA titles that all feel the same. Something that's unique and inventive really does feel like a breath of fresh air. That's true. It definitely isn't another Dark Souls RPG clone. Like it definitely, it it is unique in that it's got a loop that <laughs> we haven't seen in a while. Uh, it has some uniqueness in that regard. And I think the design of it, and by design, I mean the actual art design of it is really appealing. Like it's one of the most beautiful yeah. games I've ever played in as much as, it's well drawn and 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 manifested, right? I think we're getting to a point with video. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, we're getting to a point with video game graphics where like it's not about fidelity to reality, or it's not even about like pixels or like frame rates or anything. It's about like is this a creatively rendered world? Um, that is what makes graphics like pop. And I think in this case, it's a very creatively rendered world, which makes it really pop. Like like. Uh, this is not the right tone, but it's the reason why we love Tim Burton movies, right? Like it's why I love Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Yeah. Yeah. There is a really great like Pixar-ish aesthetic to it that makes it look gorgeous. I totally yeah. agree. And this one has its own vibe, but it and it, all the pieces do feel like they fit. Uh, and I, I, yeah. I love and respect that, you know, um, wholeheartedly. So, agree. And that's a triumph, you know, like uh, I, I would feel incredibly accomplished if I had been the person creating the aesthetic of this game. Cause it's rad. Um, it's super rad. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think we've reached that point where, uh, it's time for us to make yet another, uh, determined leap across a bookshelf, uh, hear a couple of ads and spring into action with our final segment on the other side of the break. Meow. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Meow, meow. Back 
Uh, I had I had a two meows, so I don't I don't know. Is that a one upsmanship yeah. thing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, meow. Uh, yeah, meow, meow, meow. 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 Uh, we're back. Thanks for listening to that. Uh, here we are to put sort of the the final uh, the final treat in the kitty litter. That metaphor doesn't really work. Uh, 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 if there's a treat in the kitty litter, something has gone wrong. <laughs> something has gone wrong. Uh, can you tell that I don't own a cat? Uh, I'm deathly allergic to cats. So if anybody needs a reason not to agree with my opinion on this episode, just imagine all the allergies living like. Oh, my house is poison. Yeah, living like exactly living like Zerks in my lungs. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't be around them. Uh, I'm actually allergic to cats, too. I'm just a dumb bitch. <laughs> I want that quote played at your funeral. I, I really do. How allergic are you? Is it just like killing you? Like, like, uh, thankfully I've gotten used to my cats, okay. but like another person's cats will make me like hive up mm. and start to wheeze a little yeah. bit. Yeah. They didn't have any allergy plots in here. Uh, you know, which, uh, so I didn't feel specifically acknowledged here. Didn't need to be. Uh, but let me tell you, as that that's my primary experience with cats, and it's missing here. <laughs> a robot being allergic to a cat would be funny. I don't know if it would fit this uh, particular game's brand. All right, let's pass our final checkpoint uh, and zip right into keep or delete. This is where our final observations about the game go, and where we decide yay or nay. Does it belong or does it not? Um, have, is there anything about the game we haven't talked about before we actually make our final assessment? What do you think? I think I've covered everything that I've wanted to okay. cover about this game other than um, the only reason I'd want to go back is uh, just to do more catch. Okay, fair enough. Uh, do you think that including the uh, in a, a Kowloon walled city is clever as a reference? Or, yes. Okay, you do. So there's nothing in you that's like me that's a little bit like and it's not like it's another meme thing. Like, it doesn't feel like that to you? Like, it's packaged around, like, a bunch of... Like, it's algorithmically compiled? You don't have any... Oh, no, I feel like it was just made by a bunch of dorks that are specifically my kind of dork. Okay, great. Well, and maybe that's the that's the trick, right? Is, uh, does it feel specific enough? Uh, see, to me, like, I... Again, it's the same thing with Tunic, where, where I'm like, well, that feels like it's so targeted that I'm suspicious of it. Uh, so I'm sorry. I don't mean to ruin that for you. It is very cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is very cool. I don't want to say it's not. Um, all right. So we've had our chat. Uh, Vanessa, where do you land? Are we keeping or deleting uh, Stray? So while I really enjoyed Stray and I appreciate all the care and thought that went into it. Mm. And it really is one of the more unique games that I've played in a really long time. Mm. And I think it's going to be overall good for gaming. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it still makes me want other things out of it. And because of that, it feels fairly incomplete to me. So I'm going to say for as much as I enjoyed Stray, and I think if you haven't played Stray, you should play yeah, Stray. Totally. If you're listening and you haven't played Stray, you should absolutely play Stray. But after that, delete it off your hard drive so it doesn't take up room. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, so as as none of you are probably surprised here, I'm also going to delete this game. But I agree that it is 100% worth playing. Um, I think it's a great game to stream. If anybody here watches streams or wants to stream, it's actually a really good streaming experience because it does have a communal vibe to it. I think people it really yeah, does. Like people get attached to and and have a good time watching the cat do cat stuff, you know, like uh and I think in that way it was very cleverly thought through. Like uh it's it's perfectly consumable as a stream game for that reason. Yeah. Um also like I won't lie to you, like I didn't do a 12 hour stint with this game, which is I think what it would take to really see every nook and cranny of it. Um cuz Oh, and I I I really went in there. Oh, did, so you went, did you like 100% it? Did you get that far into it? I didn't 100% it, but I like, I, I spend a lot of exploration time. Okay. Um, I did, I did a number of side quests until I started to feel like I got I just need to move on. Um, so, you know, like there may have been like one or two side quests that would have redeemed the whole thing. I doubt it. Uh, but, you know, there are games like that, like Witcher 3 or other games where it's like, man, that side quest really nails it. 
Uh, for me, it, that wasn't true. But I think if you're interested in, you know, anthropomorphized cats in a cyberpunk future, like you'll never find a better game than this. This is your. No, no, no. This is it. <laughs> this is your Xanadu. 100 percent. Uh, this is 100 percent your Xanadu. Um, I do kind of feel like I wanted I want to see the untitled goose game version of this game. You know, like I want to see the version like I want to see anthropomorphic animal having to navigate a series of chores that inconveniences humans, all that, but not the narrative. I think I would like that game. I hope they make stuff like that as a lesson from this game. Right. I think that's coming down the pipeline. I think someone somewhere is working on that. I hope they are. I hope they are. Um, OK. Any last remarks, Vanessa, before we sign off? Meow, meow. Yeah, indeed. Uh, where can people find you, Vanessa? And thank you so much for being on. What, what are you up to these days? Thank you for having yeah. me. I always love being on you here. Uh, you can find me under SNES Guerrero on Instagram and NESS Guerrero on Twitter. Um, I also have a podcast called Popcorn and Pixels, which you could find on Apple and Spotify and Anchor. Um, and it's uh, we take video games and movies and pair them together to talk about the differences between like linear storytelling and ludo narrative storytelling, because oh. oftentimes you see games being remade into movies and vice versa. And we think that they both have their own very specific strengths as to why they tell the stories that they tell. Um, so we'll find ones that are like kind of similar and compare and contrast the differences in how they choose to tell that story. So okay. for example, the episode that we currently have are war stories and it's um, the game Valiant Hearts paired with the movie Jojo Rabbit. Wow. Uh, two very unusual uh, picks for that topic. Have you done that episode yes. yet? Have you done it? Yet? We okay. did. It's out. And we talked a little bit about how the reason we each picked what we picked is um, my co-host picked Valiant Hearts first. And so I picked Jojo Rabbit to match it. And the reason mm. I picked Jojo Rabbit is because Valiant Hearts um, tells a war story in a way that is very unique to gaming um, because most video games choose to tell a first person shooter war story. And this is using a puzzle game mm. um, to kind of tell the story of like being thrown into the middle of something and having to like quite literally put the pieces together of what's That's happening. Right. That's um, interesting. And then I chose exactly. And I chose Jojo rabbit as my pairing because you usually see war movies told and very like, dour uh straight one-to-one -one historical uh more like big cinematic landscapes and i like jojo rabbit because it used comedy to tell the story of something that was like so scary and sad hmm. um and so i i thought these were like very unique war stories so why not put them together um and both of them also wanted to tell the stories of like people that were affected by war more than i wanted to tell the story about war okay I love that. I mean, I think if people who listen to this podcast are hungry for even deeper analysis, it sounds like you got you got the thing that you got the the way to scratch that itch. That's what it sounds like. Thank yeah, you. it sounds rad. I got to listen to that uh, and check that out. Uh, just final question. Soul Calibur six is the game we're supposed to play. Soul Calibur six. Soul Calibur six is the game we're supposed okay. to play. Um, I downloaded it and then I beat it because I just skipped through every cutscene in like two hours. <laughs> I've never played Soul Calibur. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm saving that kernel for people to make fun of me at the end. It's great. We're going to kick each yeah. other's ass. Well, this is what I love about this. So this is Vanessa and I are supposed to hang out and play this game. I'm just like, you always talk about how, uh, you don't have like the most responsive, uh, like hands and stuff but per the thing we talked about earlier it's funny to me that you picked a fighting game to play <laughs> why, why did you do that is it just Soul Calibur favors the button okay. mashers alright so it's even playing ground you think am yeah, I yeah, just yeah. gonna get my teeth knocked in is that what's gonna like are, are you gonna like black like uh like uh black belt me with this shit is that what it's gonna be oh, only if I play as Killick I don't even know who any of these characters are isn't, isn't like Geralt isn't Geralt <laughs> in this game Right? No, uh, not in six. Okay. Are you sure? I think he is. I thought I saw him. But Soul Calibur does have, he might okay. be. Soul Calibur uh, tends to have a lot of like other IP within it. It's maybe my favorite fighting game. Mm. And we actually, um, I work over at Game Grumps. I produce a show called 10 Minute Power mm -hmm. Hour. And we actually have a machine that plays Soul Calibur, the first version. And uh, we frequently do matchups uh, amongst my coworkers that way, which is very fun. 
That is really fun. Man, you got a lot of cool projects. Uh, I'll, I, one last Thank fact you. about uh, Stray that I just think is really cute that I found on Wikipedia. Uh, when Stray launched, there were lots and lots of viral videos of cats watching the game. Like it, 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 Oh, my cats watched yeah, it. It became like this whole other meme. And then the other thing that's really cool is Annapurna uh, partnered with charities to raise money for homeless cats as part of the uh, launch for this game, which that makes me so yeah, happy. Like, I, I really feel like Annapurna as a like they just seem like they're doing things right. Uh, they they deserve yeah. to be watched, and uh, almost every game they release is at least interesting, and this is no exception to that. All right, friends. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to Vanessa for joining us uh, when we were micless. Uh, really appreciate that, and uh, we'll see you next time. On one upsmanship. Peace, y'all. Work complete. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.